This is an Eye on Annapolis sports update. All right, I'm at home tonight. I'm watching the game on my iPad. I got the stats on my monitor. I got Twitter and Facebook up on my laptop. I'm kind of handling a little bit of the social media for this Navy-Brigham Young game. And I've got Kevin Chaney, who is from Shellback Sports, sitting up in our seats up in the press box, and he is now on the phone. Hey, Kev, man. What's up? Hey, what's going on, John? Good man. Here's well, one. Here's a word for you. What's going on? Here's a word for you. Ugh. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what it is up here. That's exactly the entire vibe up in the press box right now. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you, the reason that you're in the press box and I'm at home is because I have one of these. That would be a beer opening. And and, <laughs> and, and, and you don't. Um, I certainly don't. I have delicious Diet Pepsi. <laughs> But no, what the the whole COVID thing is really thrown obviously the world and certainly the sports world for a loop here, and there are a lot of restrictions coming down from the AAC as well as Navy because man, the whole goal of this season is to keep these players safe and healthy, and one of the things is they said okay we're really limiting the people that are going to be in the stadiums whether that be fans or press or anything like that. Uh, photographers and everything else. I know photographers are limited to a total, I believe it's 12 on the field. And usually there's probably 30. We have two seats up in the press box and it's all sort of hit or miss depending on how many the other team is bringing. I drew short straw, so I'm sitting at home drinking a beer and you're there watching a very weird game. I'm going to be honest with you, John. It's weird for a lot of reasons. You know, like you said before, COVID is definitely present in the sense that you know, it has affected so much. Clearly, there are no fans here, but it's just jarring to know that there are no midshipmen here at all rooting on the um, the team. I don't know for a fact that that's ever happened for a Navy football game, and I'm com- I'm almost confident we're going to get that the entire season. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. We're I'm looking way ahead into December in Army-Navy, okay, and that all the coaches have said – if there's one game that's going to be played this year, it's going to be Army-Navy. But the problem is the mayor of Philadelphia now has banned any kind of celebrations in large events through February, which would eliminate the Army-Navy game. So to be honest with you, Army-Navy could be played at some high school field in South Jersey. You know, it's they're going to get it to happen. And that has been the message from uh, Navy, certainly, um, leading up to this entire season. Even when questions are being asked about BYU leading up to to the game, they're always making sure everybody knows that every other game is essentially um, expendable except that game in December. That is for sure. Well, for those that are just joining us or aren't watching it on ESPN, um, we'll just say this one time and get it over with because it's sort of like taking medicine or pulling a Band-Aid off. But the score at the halftime is Brigham Young 31, Navy with a big goose egg with nothing. And I'll tell you, there's a couple things you notice when you're watching the game that that have kind of gotten us to this place. The first is that Navy has been completely caught off guard by the running game of Brigham Young. Um, coming into this, they were a pretty seemingly one-dimensional team. The question was, could the Navy secondary hold up against Brigham Young's pass attack, even without um, their star tight end, who uh, went out with an Achilles injury uh, about a week ago and had um, some surgery on that. He's projected to be a top uh, draft pick in this upcoming draft. But the running game has absolutely destroyed Navy. And the thing that you think about is, with that is what you heard Coach Ken talking about earlier this week and earlier this day was that they weren't doing much of any 
live tackling during any of their practices. And I, you just don't understand how you could possibly play at this level, especially a team like BYU that plays big-time football, how you could possibly come into this game expecting to be successful without wrapping other, other guys up. Well, his, his reasoning behind that was that you don't want to get the starters going against the starters, I believe, right? And and potentially right. risking this kind of virus thing going on. And now at that point, then you may be taking out your whole starting string. Um, as opposed, so that's why I think he was, you know, going, you know, we'll say the starter versus a third string or something like that. But you're absolutely right. You're looking at the yards. I'm just looking at the statistics here, man. And uh, BYU has 193 to Navy's 32, and in passing, they're at 111 to Navy's 16. So I mean, they're they're totally owning that field at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're 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 all over them. They're getting them through the air now that the run game is working, and um, Navy just doesn't seem to have an answer really anywhere. Um, it all kind of goes back to one of the things that we were concerned about going into this year, which was how do you replace Malcolm Perry? Now, clearly, you don't you don't have a skill set like that and a player like that, and just think that somebody's going to step in and be as successful immediately. But you kind of hoped that um, you were going to see a little bit more control of the tri- uh, of the uh, triple option, and we're really struggling to see that right now. I, I agree with you, but I mean, last year we had a, a pretty stellar senior squad. That's tough to say, but and and yeah. I, and obviously they're now in the fleet or down in Miami, and yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, down in Miami, very good. Uh, you you had to figure out that I mean, this was going to be a restarting year in any way you looked at it for Navy football. But, you know, cripes, we got COVID here, and it's just thrown a, a wrench into absolutely everything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Navy is kind of like an old-school college basketball team where you really do expect the progression of all of your players for all four years. You don't expect anybody to leave early, and you, you kind of expect maybe you have your quote-unquote freshman year, if you will, or your younger players, and in a couple of years they develop into – a squad that Coach Ken typically develops his teams into. Um, and you're just seeing this at its most vulnerable right now. You are seeing um, more, the quarterback, Morris, who is happy-footed. He is having no time in the pocket. And when he does, um, nobody's really available for him. He's been getting beat up behind the line all day. When he tries to run, he's getting beat up. He's fumbled at one point. It's just been a rough first start for the senior. Well, to take a look at this, I mean, you could. I wish I wish I had some statistics from um, from Malcolm Perry up from last season. But I mean, this whole game, this whole half, you know, these two quarters, he only has sixteen yards. Perry would have a hundred, and and Without and, a doubt. And, and and you can't sit there and really compare the two, obviously, because uh, you know they're they're two different players, and they're honestly they're probably two different leagues. It's just unbelievable. And versus, you look at Zach Wilson on the Brigham Young, and he's at one hundred and eleven yards. So that's. Um, you know, just a, a pure dominance there. Well, you were hoping that you were going to get a little bit more support um, on the inside. Now, Brigham Young's line is just massive. I think at the beginning of the game, they were talking about how each one of those players are the average weight of the line is over 300 pounds per player. So there is a lot to look at there when you're trying to run the ball inside with your fullbacks primarily, which is what Navy's been trying to do. Well, you do get a little bit more of an arm from Morris, which you've seen some flashes of. But unfortunately, he's had a couple drop passes and he's had a couple uh, holding calls go against him when he might have had a first down or a big, you know, yardage play. Well, it's fun. It, it is true when Navy plays a bigger team. I mean, not, notably Notre Dame, and a couple of years ago they played Ohio State. 
end. I mean, it, it looked like we were playing, looked like they were playing kindergartners when Navy rolled out on the field. I mean, you know, they are a small team. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, this is a very tough game to come out with for a home opener. Usually Navy comes out with a, uh, I'll say a gimme kind of a home opener game. Last year, I think right. it was um, Holy Cross. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you built up to the, the larger games. Obviously, they were looking to come out into Notre Dame in Dublin back at the end of August, but that didn't happen. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a different different season. And, and to be honest with you, Kevin, I don't think this full season is going to be able to be had. I still don't feel – I mean, I know we're underway. I know we're playing football, and there's a game in the books. But I, I just have a feeling that there's going to be something else that's going to come up here, and it's going to really impact the season both for Navy and everybody else. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is baseball. Baseball kind of showed us what happens when you do have the outbreaks that can potentially occur considering we don't have a bubble of any kind outside of professional basketball. Um, it can show you what can happen, but they also showed you how you can progress and how you can hopefully integrate some schedule flexibility to make these things work. Um, you hope that at no point in time will there be a proper forfeit because I stand by the fact that you know, the hardest thing in sports to do is hit a baseball. The second hardest thing in sports to do is win a collegiate or a professional football game. So the idea of a forfeit is probably on the back end of what they're willing to do. But you kind of hope that um, if something does occur, you have everything within conference. You, you know, you're not going to get a lot of these uh, Navy BYU games. You know, there's not going to be outside of conference games. So right. you're hoping that if everybody's following these specific guidelines, then the integrity of your conference play and conference championship should hopefully be upheld. The other cool thing about the way they're doing it with just conferences is the fact that you don't have uh, an Ohio State Texas game coming down the pipeline that you got to be worried about, you know, if um it's all in conference which means that like I said, schedule flexibility is going to be the key to getting us to the end of this season. I am with you. I I still highly doubt that we're going to finish um, the collegiate season. However, I've never been more optimistic than I am sitting here actually watching a live football game. Well, it's got, it's got to be great to watch live sports again. I was listening to a podcast this morning. They were talking about live theater, and there were some a couple of theaters out in Western Massachusetts that were able to do something out outside, and it was they said it was just absolutely fantastic to see. It was a little bit of a return to normalcy, and uh, certainly I've got to imagine you sitting up there watching this game progress live. Uh, despite the score, is probably very refreshing and very energizing. It is, but it's also very jarring. For the people watching on TV, I imagine that with the exception of not being here when you might normally be here and seeing Navy on a primetime ESPN game in September, um, the only being here, it feels like a scrimmage. It almost feels like fan fest and maybe watching a live practice. There's just something missing, and it's absolutely the atmosphere one of the things uh some of the out-of-town reporters were talking about was the fact that they said if they had to pick you know a handful of games that weren't like going to alabama or some big bowl game or something like that they pick navy because they really do have such a phenomenal atmosphere it's such a big part of especially college sports and with that missing it kind of feels empty is not the word but it just doesn't feel like week one well, you look, you look at the traditions of Navy. Okay, we've got the march on. We've got the flyover. We've got, you know, there's just so many traditions that come on with playing Navy football that just aren't happening here. 
we obviously don't have the crowd. So, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, for 10 years I've sat up in the press box and, and you, you can hear the buzz of the crowd and the screaming and the yelling and, you know, the overplay of the, the PA system and, the press box is always a buzz with people. They're either, you know, you've got some people that are recording stuff. You've got people tapping away on their computers really quick. And they're, you know, you've got, you know, fans of both teams that are stifling the cheers because they say they're going to throw you out if you cheer for your team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's got to seem like it's just not there. Well, it's, it's just, it's all, but it's all not there. It's little things, right? Like the players, when they came out, there were, I'm not even 100% sure they made a proper introduction. BYU came out, AB came out. There were there weren't a few flags. There was some um, some hype and some noise coming from each team. Certainly, and it was very interesting to be able to hear a little bit more of that personal aspect of the teams when you could hear them out there and kind of what they're doing at the line. But there wasn't any. It wasn't the grand entrance. And like you said, there was no flyover. It didn't feel like kickoff was supposed to happen. And then all of a sudden they're flipping a coin. That's true. Well, I, you know, I am watching it here on ESPN and they tell me that Bill Belichick is going to be joining them for the second half to commentate. So your job in the next 30 minutes is to get over on the other side of the field, climb to the top of that Akerson Tower and make Belichick smile or laugh. Can you do it? Is that, I, I, you know, I'll do everything I can. There was a part of me that thought I might catch a glimpse of, uh, Herb Street and Reese up on our side. I didn't realize they were on the other side, so I'll have to do some James Bond stuff to get over there. Hey, for those that are uh, that are interested in why TV is on the Akerson Tower side, which is opposite the press side, it's the gold side. If you'll notice, the Navy logo is actually an N with a star in the upper right corner, but on the Navy football field, it's just an N, and because this N, the logo should face the home team. So, from looking from the press box side, you should see the N with the star in the upper right, but. If you're doing TV from the other side, it, the the star is not in the right place, so they eliminated the star. Just a little it, it bit of trivia. A, it, <laughs> it is a, it is a fun little piece of never ending trivia here. You could walk around the concourse, you could walk around the stadium, and find just a dozen different things that are absolutely fascinating. Which again makes this one of my favorite places to watch football. Are they keeping you locked up in the press box for the most part? Uh, for the most part, they certainly are. Um, I, I snuck down here saying that I needed to make a phone call, so uh, and I didn't want to interrupt any recording, so they seem to be on my side for that. But uh, I'm literally standing here on the concourse right now on the um, the scoreboard and the uh, the monument side where the goat is, uh, where the hill is, where the children normally um, right. riding their cardboard boxes down. I am quite simply the only fan in the stands. It is a surreal feeling. I'll, t- I'll tell you, the hill looks awfully green, man. It looks like you could, it looks like you could putt on it or something. I'm saying you wouldn't lose your golf ball there, and you wouldn't be you wouldn't feel like you're standing in the mud either. It is immaculate right now. I don't think it should be this immaculate, but it looks nice while it is. Fantastic. Well, I'll let you get back up to the box, Kevin. Thanks for checking in again at the halftime in Navy's home opener in the 2020 season. It is Brigham Young 31, Navy unfortunately zero. Uh, and as I always told my kids when they were disappointed at halftime of any game they played, you know, the other team scored 31 points in a half. Navy can score 31 and a half. And I'm going to go with that when we end this conversation. I've got I've got faith we're going to come back. I've got this ending 32-31. Go Navy. Kevin, thanks a lot, man. This has been an update from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. 
And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.